0: Welcome to Earth2.net, this show, episode 1145. Sims, and thank you for tuning into to Earth2.net, the show. I especially want to thank you to, for doing so during this holiday season. I know everybody's days are very busy <laughs> right now, but uh, I do want to send out our holiday wishes to each and every one of you. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let Will and Skyler take over from here. Just before I go, just one more. Happy Holidays. Hey, everyone, of Great new holiday special with Robert Downey Jr. and Leslie Nielsen. Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree next on CBS.
1: Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to, you know, a a wonderful holiday segment. Because it's a holiday. Wow, I've said that like two or three times. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, I am Will Ackerman and joining me today is... Skylar
2: Queen.
1: How are you doing today, Skylar?
2: I'm All right. How are you well?
1: Yeah, Alright, you know, it's the holiday season. I'm as of when we're recording this, there's still about, you know, ten days till Christmas, so the
2: the way you said that in my mind, it just like heard an echo of it's the holiday season.
1: Yeah. And whoop de doo <laughs> Bickery Duck. So I I can't I don't remember the rest of the lyrics of that song.
2: Nor I. But uh it, it, the uh, I know that he'll be coming down the chimney down.
1: <laughs> oh. I mean, there there's tons of unmemorable, like, Christmas songs out there, so, mm. you know. Sometimes you get memorable ones, sometimes you don't.
2: Yeah. Also depends on how often you hear them, and I've been working from home for so long, and... uh i I haven't been out as often and i'm I was always a person who enjoyed Christmas music to begin with um it never broke my spirit uh so it's it's a bit odd that I'm not entrenched with it at all times uh when I'm someone who could handle it but uh que sera sera.
1: well, I continue to work retail and The thing about working retail is, during the season, is you are going to be listening to Christmas music no matter what. I've been lucky enough, though, that um, our workplace Christmas music is through my Spotify, so, oh, I can kind of decide what Christmas music we're listening to, which, as a result, means that I have, wham again is actually I've been playing on easy mode this year.
2: Huh um i never i never actually like um specifically played that uh because that like for me for many many years i hated that song but at a certain point right around the time that that became like more of an internet thing. I think it had always been to a certain extent, but like, oh, yeah. people started like talking about it more often than not. Um, around the t- uh, time I started being like, Oh, you know what? Actually, that's not bad. I don't, I don't know when it happened, but it certainly would have been before the movie because I don't think I would have seen the film entitled last Christmas. If I still couldn't deal with the song.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... So, I, yeah, that's a film I think I saw for the first time a couple of years ago. People, if you have not seen Last Christmas, do yourself a favor. Watch it without knowing anything about the film. <laughs> I will say nothing else.
2: Yeah. Lovely cast. Wonderful cast.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we got, we get freaking Patty Lapone in a Christmas movie. How can you not? Freaking Michelle Yeoh.
2: You know what? I forgot she's in that part. Oh, yeah. It's just a weird, weird customer who, yeah.
1: <laughs> like it's just like this wonderful, beautiful cast, and yeah, uh, that that that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs>
2: and it is a Christmas film.
1: Oh yeah. I, unlike the song, the film is a Christmas is a Christmas
2: film. <laughs> Last Easter.
1: I'm just saying, the song Last Christmas is barely a Christmas song. It's a song that has well, Christmas in the tu- in the lyrics.
2: Because, like, apparently George Michael wrote it uh, saying, like, Easter or some other thing, and someone told him Christmas would be more marketable. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the title of our special today, and we're already on our
1: tangents. <laughs> Yes, yes, we are.
2: <laughs> not, not that this is a bad special. It's just yeah. we get on tangents, uh,
1: and we especially get on tangents during our holiday episodes. <laughs>
2: this is true. Well, was, was, weren't we on a holiday episode the year that we ended up talking about like a Disney presentation? Like, oh, they just announced the Buzz Lightyear movie.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but right then, um, we are talking today about Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree, which is a nineteen ninety five Christmas television special with Robert Downey Jr., Stalker Channing, and Leslie Nielsen, and Kermit the Frog as the narrator.
2: Yes. This, All true facts.
1: Yes, <laughs> this is in fact a Jim Henson production. And yes,
2: yeah. it's also the the first and only um uh Muppet special hosted by Kermit um that does not feature any other like name Muppets that have uh, that had come out after Jim Henson's death because uh, there prior to there were uh, things um, like Emmett Alters' Jug Band Christmas, uh, the Christmas Toy, there were um, uh, different episodes of uh, the Jim Henson hour uh, that had certain things like that um, if you want to count like Hey Cinderella and the Frog Prince as well although Kermit was more of a character in those as well yeah. uh, he did narrate at least the Frog Prince, I, I recall him being the narrator of that. Um, and the Muppet Musicians of Brennan. Um, all sorts of different specials. Also, I mean, suppose uh, there's also um, Rolf the Dog did uh, the Dog City movie for uh, like the TV movie they did years before the cartoon show. Um, but that, even that was still during Jim's lifetime. Um I don't know why they didn't try to do more of these. Uh, I suppose that this must not have aired many times. Uh I I know that it specifically aired, at least in the US, on in nineteen ninety-five. Um it did air in Canada in nineteen ninety seven. I don't know if it aired before that but it did air as part of uh, Mr. Dressup's uh big 1997 holiday special um year and a half after Mr. Dressup who was kind of the uh, the Canadian Fred Rogers although he was an American who had worked with Fred beforehand there's a lovely documentary about him on Prime uh that I saw at uh TIFF this year um uh, that I I recommend I'd, I I assume that you can find it on american prime but uh if not i'm sorry to bring it up but uh in the 1997 um special it had been about a year and a half since they had ended um mr Dressup's main series and so uh it was a big deal to have him back on tv and they gave him a two and a half hour long block but in that block there were uh there was the main story of him uh, and his uh, puppets going to the sick kids hospital, trying to cheer up kids and dress as Santa and uh, doing uh, his normal sort of thing within the hospital. Uh, but also showing uh, little short films and uh, videos that were uh, made by the Canadian government, uh, an episode of Pengu, uh a Fred Penner concert. One of the special added attractions of the Mr. Dress-Up uh, holiday special was the entirety of Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. I don't know why. The only other Muppet involved in um, in Mr. Dress-Up's uh, holiday special was Basil, who was on Sesame uh, Sesame Place, which was the Canadian Sesame Street, but all the other puppets weren't necessarily speaking Muppets. Um so I I I didn't watch that at the time I don't think I had been aware that Mr. Dressup had an uh, a special uh because it only aired twice on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in that year and that was it uh but you can find that on YouTube um at with Mr. Willoughby inside of it uh did you see this special um at any point before us discussing the idea
1: I want to say I have to have seen it when I was a kid, because I'll be honest, like these like these Christmas specials, like even watching like the new one every year was it was very much a we have we always made it a family thing. Like the only reason I could see us not having is if it aired like, you know, opposite of like one of the other big ones, which at this point, like I think the other big one, it would have had all of the big ones were actually on CBS. So I don't really see that having necessarily happened because I know at this point, like Charlie Brown was still airing on CBS.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, just be, uh, because like I I would watch CBS for the holiday specials myself uh, in the '90s, but I I specifically I don't uh, recall seeing this, and um, I knew of it for years, and I heard the opening song from like YouTube clips long before people had posted the entire thing, but it I think that it was only a couple of years ago that I actually saw it in in its entirety because so, uh, yes, unlike most Muppet, uh, holiday specials, this does not have a physical or even digital release outside of a, uh, Mexican DVD dubbed in Spanish from the early two thousands, which would not help either of us. Uh, Yes, uh, thankfully, it is uh, currently available on YouTube. You can watch it uh, with the original CBS commercials, um, including, um, at least on the uh, version that I watched it, uh, an ad uh, for the local news story uh, that um, they found some sort of egg that could have a dinosaur inside
1: it. Yeah, uh, um, I actually watched the exact same um, telecast as you did.
2: Yeah, I really want to know more about that story.
1: Yeah, there's the dinosaur. Um, there's yeah, no, no. I watched it. Um, now as a note, the special aired as part of Nabisco Family Classics.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm not sure so, um... how many others were in the series, but I will tell you, I counted nine ads during this thing for Nabisco products
2: all of the commercials during the uh, during the special are for either uh Nabisco cookies or, or um uh crackers things of that nature aside from the things for the um for the uh the local news and then there was one that i th- was kind of a local news adjacent thing where it was the, the new news station was supporting some small town business offering some sort of product. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of got around it, but I, I believe that as a Nabisco family classic, they had some sort of special, um, Uh, contract that they would be the only product that was promoted during the special which
1: is hilarious Yeah, I think my favorite ad in there was the one where the um, insane women were all trying to steal um, snack crackers
2: yes I quite like that one I also like the um, the old lady who was telling you you should only eat one at a time of new Ritz crackers airy variety uh intercut with a bunch of um like totally radical like kids Ritz crackers extreme like, yes and uh the announcer saying inhale em. <laughs> um oddly uh though in Canada it, we we don't call it Nabisco um it's the same company that owns them but uh um in the the like I think it was the late eighteen hundreds maybe the early nineteen hundreds um somewhere along there um the company that owns nabisco uh bought a company that had been existing in Canada for i believe uh like a hundred years itself that was called mr christie's bakery uh so all of our uh um, nabisco products have a little thing that says christie on the side so we didn't get that weird like nabisco logo man in the 90s aside from watching your commercials and we were very confused by
1: it 100% fair <laughs> So, um Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree is actually based off of a um children's book which I've never read.
2: Nor I. It looks very cute. Um it it's beautifully illustrated from the the bits I've seen on on the internet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it has like you know this like cute little old man who you know, oh gets a Christmas tree. And, you know, as opposed to the... As opposed to the special, which, you know, in theory stars Robert Downey Jr., but he honestly isn't in it that much.
2: No, the... Of the, like, human characters, it, Leslie Nelson has the most screen time. Yeah. Which is a bit curious, but whatever. I I mean... Not saying that Leslie Nielsen shouldn't have the most screen time. This was the era of uh, Naked Gun films and uh, all of that. So he he would have been still quite popular. Um, But it's just a bit odd that he gets the end credit rather than the starring kind of thing. And also he's not playing Mr. Willoughby, who's the title character. Unless you count the trees. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, so looking at it, I mean Leslie Leslie Nielsen, I think, is actually the biggest name of the of the three actors at this point. I mean, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. had been had been in like you know Chaplin, which got him a lot, which got him an Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd been in a few films here and there, but this is also, um, around the point where all of his, um, controversy started with, you know, drug use. Mm. And, Stalker Channing, I think at this point, I think Stalker Channing was mainly doing theater.
2: Yeah, um, it would have been a little while before she did, uh, Westwood. Yeah. Which I think was like, kind of her big comeback. Um, but actually, to bring up Stucker Channing um, with the West Wing, uh, are you aware that in the year 2000 there was an NBC Christmas album starring the the casts of NBC television
1: shows? No, really?
2: Yes. You'll have Megan Mullally singing like Silent Night or something, and then you'll have uh, uh, um, uh, I think the I think it ends with Jay Leno re- uh, reading a night before or, Twas the night before Christmas. Um, Katie Seagal had a show on, uh, that was canceled by the time that the CD came out, but she has a, a song on there. Um, Wendy Malick. Santa baby, and it's not honestly the best interpretation. It's like kind of like offbeat, which is weird because I I love Wendy Malick, but anyway, uh, Oh my God, BB Newirth and John Lithgow do "Baby It's Cold it's, uh, Outside." Sorry, but anyway, um, Doctor Channing with uh Martin Sheen and um oh. I think Bradley Whitford, but I, I'm going off memory, so I can't remember specifically who it was. Sing, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time, and it's so darn awful. Like, Stockard is the, clearly the only one who's a singer of all of them, but they're, it's Martin Sheen who's, like, taking the lead, and it it's... It's all. It, oh, it sounds like they're kind of like choosing where they're going to come in or not, and, rather than being told. It's baffling.
1: Okay, I'm looking at this. Um, I, I I will be completely remiss if I don't mention that the person who performs the passions theme song also performs the first Noel on this album.
2: Oh. Well, there you go. I have I to have mention the, that because it's
1: me. Also, for all the um, Doctor Who fans, Alex Kingston performs Coventry Ca- Carol, whatever that is.
2: That she does. Uh, I it, it she it, it's very good actually. But that would have been around the time she was on ER, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it's it's a lovely album all, overall. It was for uh, for charity and sold at Walmart's. Um. Uh, at the time, but uh, I I got my copy a few years ago on eBay because I saw it in one of those YouTube commercial coll- uh, collections. Like, oh, that sounds interesting, and I decided I needed to have it.
1: <laughs> Kudos to them. I I might you know have to listen to you know the passions the the person who sings the passions theme song performing something. So
2: sure, why not?
1: Because after all. I I know my brand.
2: Absolutely. Um. So, with the the special itself, um, it it begins with um, uh, Mister Weather. Uh, I I always, always want to say Mister Weatherby, but that's that's going back to Halloween. <laughs> uh, Mr. Willoughby wants his fabulous Christmas tree, um, but th- this goes back to the older tradition of getting your tree on Christmas Eve and keeping it uh, only for usually uh, the kind of um, through New Year, possibly through, like, uh, Orthodox Christmas uh, time period and that that's it. Um, partially be- because of, like, Keeping them like watered wasn't the same. Quite often, uh, people would just have like the, the stick bottomed ones. Um, the, there, there were lots of reasons, uh, why they were more like a pumpkin for Halloween, uh, is more thought of as disposable than they are today where you want to keep it out for as long as possible. Um, uh, but, it it is an interesting, just like thought process to get back to like thinking about the holiday season where you don't have a Christmas tree until the night of Christmas Eve is such an odd thing to, that to, to really even think about that, but it's only happened to change fairly recently. Like this book is from the sixties. Um, the I love Lucy episode, uh, Christmas episode was in the 50s and that very prominently I'm going to actually think of, about that uh, as we get into this a little deeper but um, that also brings in the tree on Christmas Eve as well In uh, um, some people when you would get the Christmas tree would have it being brought by Santa Claus himself uh, as part of the Christmas magic um, but Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's interesting that that has changed over time. I do. I I like the idea of it, but I certainly wouldn't want to do all the effort for just like a couple of days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I had I had my tiny dinky little Christmas tree up the day after um, day after Thanksgiving. Mm. And I, I mean, once again, I mean, everyone's a little bit different. But even growing up, I we always had the, we always went out and got the tree like early December,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, and it we went to a Christmas tree lot where you know we would actually go and you know cut down a Christmas tree and take it home.
2: Yeah. Sometimes we would uh, do a lot. Sometimes we would uh, like, or like a farm and cut it down. Sometimes we would do like a lot where like my dad might know someone who was selling trees around that time. But uh, for the majority of our life or of my life anyway, um, we had always had a real tree. Um, Until one year, my parents bought a fake one and like, when I was like nine or something and I was so incensed that we started buying a, a smaller real tree for downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that didn't last too, too long. Um, but yeah, I, I currently have a, uh, an artificial small tree from, from my home, uh, just because I purchased it last year, um, because i was going on vacation at the time um so i or uh just before um christmas like for my like big birthday vacation to los angeles that i had um and then afterwards i was going to my parents houses so i just like didn't have the time to water it and it just felt like kind of more of a waste. now I I don't love uh artificial trees in the look uh as much uh like yeah, they're pretty but I mean nothing is really a real substitute for the real thing uh I I miss the smell they're also not as um environmentally friendly which people will argue uh about but it it is supposedly um because it uh uh, Christmas tree farmers will actually plant uh, more than what they had uh, initially cut down and they're specifically doing it for that purpose and they're good for the environment with oxygen and also they're um, compostable while all of these artificial ones usually end up in the trash after their, their time. Um, you know, there, there's... There are pluses and minuses to both, but um, I I do want to get uh, another real one at some point, not not this year, but uh, yeah, no, so, not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only have a few more days left, and I I'm going back to my parents' uh, soon, so uh, it would it would be very odd if I did that, but. Uh, yeah I, I do i love a tree in general uh it I don't have uh as long as I have a tree I will be able to make two do, <laughs> do yeah. you you'd normally do an artificial one yourself
1: so this is actually the first year of me actually having a tree to decorate in years oh, wow. I just happened to inherit like the uh tiny one from work because we were j- we were clearing out a lot of the old space because we were going through renovations and when the, basically if I didn't take the tiny tree, it probably was getting thrown out and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take it. And then by sheer coincidence, my dad visited over the summer and he brought like all of my childhood Christmas ornaments. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I might as well decorate the tree, so I did that. Like it's it's a three footer. It's not big, but it just kind of sits on like one of the end tables, and I occasionally like light it up.
2: That's lovely, though. I I like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I bought like one or two new ornaments for for this year, so and I might buy a couple more like next year, just to and cycle out some of the. Some of the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, nobody needs to ha- needs to see the little um panda bear ornament that says that ha- that's holding the number
2: four <laughs> from when you were four. Yeah, I uh, I quite like um, the Oscar the Grouch that I made in kindergarten um, because uh, that that was uh, I mean you can't really do this uh, nowadays, but. Um, it's a black, and um, should have really been gray, but whatever. Um, film canister, one of the little plastic film canisters, uh, with three different, um, green pom-poms, uh, two little ones, one medium-sized one, and little googly eyes. Um, and you just kind of glue the, um, the lid a little bit open so that the pom-poms will stick out. And, uh, there's the a little, um, hanging parts and uh, I, I think it's very cute. Every time I look at <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. Like most of my ornaments are like hallmark ornaments that, you know, it's like, oh, I have a queen Amidala in her like complete, like, you know, throne room dress. Yeah. Because I, have... I was, I, I was that kind of kid.
2: I have a lot of Hallmark, Hallmark, uh, ornaments. Um, I'll, basically for my little tree that's also like three or four feet, um, here, there's everything that I've tried to stuff onto the tree, uh, of the box of, uh, ornaments that my dad gave me, uh, a few years back. I, I'll have to actually see if my, uh, family, um, will, be able to find other ornaments that like I I know still exist somewhere but uh, I'm sure that um, they're just like in another box somewhere deep in the crevices of the home <laughs> um, but you know uh, thing things will actually be changing around my uh, my parents house uh, my sister is actually taking over that house and my parents are getting a new place so huh. Maybe she will find them. <laughs> but uh we'll we'll have to look into them. Yeah. The, uh,
1: the other ornament that might interest you that I have, um I actually have one of the um the Oliver ornament that that you could get for McDonald's when Oliver and Company. No
2: came shit. Out. Yeah, oh, I do. Oh, that's so cool.
1: I think at one point we had at I don't know if it was Bernard or Miss Bianca from when they did the ornaments again a couple of years I, later for um for Rescuers Down Under, but
2: I really want those. I looked at them on eBay a bunch of times. Um there's also a Sebastian and a flounder from Little Mermaid in eighty nine. Um but the Bernard and Bianca ones I think are adorable and they're another like uh, they're quite easy to find on eBay. Uh, usually they're also like easy to find still packaged, which is good, but I just have never bit the bullet. Um, but you're, you're aware of Matt from Dinosaur Dracula? Yeah. So in the US, he has his own, uh, subscription box kind of thing. Uh, I think you actually have to, uh, buy individually each month rather than it being a true subscription thing, but, one year, he had little ornaments that he got that were still bagged and put those in there, but you can only get those through the States, and it's a whole thing. And it's very sad because I would have loved to have gotten that. He he has all sorts of wonderful things in those boxes, and usually there's like an essay that is only available through that box, but oh well. Yeah. What I was going to say before, and I forgot, though, was uh, under my little tree, there are so many, uh, like, heavier or- ornaments normally from Hallmark that are just kind of sit- uh, sitting at the base like a little mostly Disney and Dr. Seuss army just kind of <laughs> sitting there protecting the tree.
1: You know, that's, that's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah, like the new ornament I ended up getting was the Hallmark um, Kingdom Hearts Mickey.
2: Oh wow, I didn't know they had one. Yeah,
1: I like I kept on um, somebody kept on advertising it on my Twitter feed, and I was like, okay, you know what? Sure, I'll bite the bullet. I have a tree now.
2: They don't have a Hallmark in downtown Toronto anymore. Uh, there might be ones like. In other malls and other parts of the GTA, I don't know. But the one that was in the Eaton Center closed, uh, like, several years ago now. Um, They have some Hallmark ornaments, uh, not just the ones that you'd normally see at, like, a drugstore or something, but, like, the actual ones that you'd see in a proper Hallmark store uh, in the Bay Department store. But even still, that's, like... A very small selection that's just kind of like on a, sh- a shelf but that was how i realized uh the other day uh while i was looking at a few things at the bay um that they have a a ornament of um of mickey riding peter Plan- peter pan's flight from disneyland oh, nice. um, for hallmark this year and i was like that's Really neat, and I'd like to get that, but I I doubt I will. We'll we'll have to see. <laughs> so, the special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Half the show is going to be us just talking about other holiday memories.
1: I mean, hey, listen, uh, people, you you listen to us talk before, <laughs> right? In one of these holiday specials. I mean, the the. The Days of Our Lives special that we talked about last year was literally almost entirely all tangent with a little bit of Days of Our Lives stuff.
2: I like that movie, though. I will stand by that. That's still the only Days of Our Lives I've ever seen, but I like that movie.
1: I mean, it, it's hard to go back to, to start to recommend watching the series since, you know, there's so many freaking episodes.
2: <laughs> True.
1: But, um... Should I just do like a quick synopsis?
2: I I think it, it it would be good just to like have as a jumping off point 30 minutes into the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so i mean basically the special starts with um as you were saying earlier mr Willoughby, you know singing about by any about the perfect christmas tree while meanwhile there's this little mouse family that's also like talking about the perfect christmas tree the mouse family goes out into the woods finds it and just as they're ready to you know cut off like the top of the christmas tree because you know they're mice they don't need the entire tree they're um a bunch of lumberjacks cut down the tree they sing about lumber they sing about being lumberjacks tree is taken back to Mr. Willoughby's house and you know he gets it set up with his but- with um his butler and decides okay you know the tree's perfect but it's a little too tall we're going to cut off some of the top they cut off the- some of the top which includes the mice and decide they end up deciding to give it to the upstairs maid because and the upstairs they take it upstairs well the butler does and the upstairs maid is like oh i love this tree also she sings an entire song about christmas trees and then prompt and then you know decides okay this is a great tree but it's a little too big Promptly cuts a, off a bunch of it with the mouse family still in it, and then throws, chucks it out into the tree, into the trash, where some bears find it. The bears take it to their like to their um bear Christmas party, um the Holly the Honey Pot Waltz, and they decide the tree is a bit too big, so they cut off a bit of top of it with the mice still in it, and. Finally, the mice are like, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll get it, we'll get it. Then some owls show up, take the tree. The owls fly to their, like, to their little, you know, nest, and then they sing, I think, or make noises. (laughs) But they ultimately decide, they ultimately also decide, well, the tree's too big, so they cut off the top, which is just big enough. For a family of mice at this point. So the mice take the tree inside. Mr. Willoughby is having his party. The, um butler who earlier had noticed the mice and tried to, you know, take care of a, take care of an infestation, almost t- kills one of them, and then realizes that, oh wait, no, no, no. The upstairs maid is not going to like it if I do this, and lets them live. They take the tree and everyone has a Merry Christmas
2: and also uh he um mr willoughby with uh, mr willoughby wanted um the the maid and the butler to get together so he was happy that they were dancing together
1: i mean if, listen if either of them got married to someone else then they may not be able to work for him anymore
2: well yes i, I Mr. Willoughby isn't a very well-defined character um, in this special. Uh, I don't know it, it, how strict he would have been if that relationship didn't work out uh, because he he's described as like one of the most generous men of all and he's singing about how extravagant the gifts I love to give and uh, how how he loves being good to everyone else but he's also just like mischievously like putting a bigger stocking out for himself it's like well that doesn't seem like a joke that would really fit the descriptions of this man but he's also like oh he's a millionaire or whatever uh he's a rich person so i don't know where we're supposed to like gauge like he he's not a villain Sure. Yeah, but he—he he, is he like a little bit of a shitheel, or is he just like just like ah, charmingly extravagant?
1: <laughs> Let's go, with charmingly extravagant.
2: Okay, uh, Downey is certainly playing it as if it's like he's not doing Muppet Christmas Carol. He's doing like Sesame street where he, it's just like very like, Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it does work for the, for the part. Um, I, I think, um, Leslie Nelson is doing it perfectly for oh, the, yeah. uh, the stuffy Butler who gets like a few little bits of physical comedy as
1: well here and there.
2: Um,
1: and Stalker Channing decides, hey, you know what, I'm Swedish, let's put on the worst Swedish accent possible.
2: It's so funny. Like, her singing is spectacular. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful singing. But it's the accent, it it dances around more than Robert Downey Jr.
1: I'm from Sweden.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, well... I mean, the the kind of uh, Swedish is is far more convincing <laughs> than than this. It's just it's so strange, but
1: uh, yeah, we learn a little bit about Swedish, you know, customs, which includes you know keeping a giant fire hazard on your um on your table.
2: Well, also uh, wearing it as a hat which uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, was against, saying that it, it it's not prudent to wear fire up upon one's head or something to that effect. <laughs> but uh, they, they were also charming together, uh, I thought. I liked them. Um, I did think that the, the lumberjacks were rather unsettling. You don't see them whatsoever, it's just their stomping feet um but like which I guess was supposed to be like in a um in the mouse's point of view at first, but you're also seeing that intercut with Robert Downey jr. and Leslie Nielsen, so it's just like why are we not seeing these these lumberjacks rather than these big stomping boots?
1: So, oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about Swedish traditions a second ago, and oh, I I actually yes. need to bring something. Have Have you ever seen the um old Disney special um, From All of Us to All of You?
2: Yes, yeah, so it's been called several different things uh, throughout the years.
1: So it is actually a yearly um, Christmas Eve tradition to show it on TV in Sweden. Yes. I just find that interesting.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's fairly well well uh, rated every year. It gets fairly high ratings. Um, I don't recall what if that was brought up when I was like when I was in kindergarten or so. Um, we had a Swedish exchange student living with us, uh, and then about ten years later, we went to her wedding. Um, that, so that's how I went to Sweden. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't recall too, too much about that Christmas, really. That's, which is too bad because like seeing the movie Midsommar, <laughs> that, that was interesting because I, I, I like, the early parts of the movie of being like, oh my gosh, this is just like Sweden. (laughs) And then other things happen. I did not witness any gruesome things happen while I was in Sweden. Just FYI. Um, Do you think not getting
1: to see, uh, what do you think made the um, exchange student in Midsommar like more homesick? Not being able to see, see Donald Duck, or not being able to engage in, you know, obvious cult-like activities.
2: Well, you could probably find a video of
1: Donald Duck cartoons to watch, oh.
2: even the ones uh, that are holiday themed.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. As opposed to, you know, in the, as opposed to, you know, in the U.S. where you would, you could find cults. You just they aren't going to be the same kind of like homey cults that he's used to. <laughs>
2: Oh, me, <laughs> Oh dear. Um, I I do recall uh, uh, that our exchange students at the time made us lovely crepes. Those were wonderful. I still love a crepe to this day. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, other notes that I have here. Um, Kermit the Frog looks very dapper in his. Um, festive, uh, kind of like, uh, what was that? A, kind of a three-piece.
1: Yeah,
2: know, I mean, there,
1: there's definitely you know a coat and a vest, a coat and a vest.
2: Uh, and a top hat. And a top hat. Sure. Um,
1: I, honestly, they oh, it almost feels like they could, Did they reuse like one, one of the Kermit's from like from one of the other Christmas specials for this one, because it looks very, it looked very familiar.
2: Well, I don't recall that outfit and something else, but I mean, as the the fellow on Twitter who runs Muppet history will note, uh, Kermit is usually a snappy dresser on the holidays. Sure. Um, I, I also have uh, here that the mice, um, when they go outside, the mouse children are, are worried that there could be people out here. They live with people.
1: Well, I mean the people, people other than the ones they live with.
2: I suppose. It it just, the the phrasing there uh, surprised me. And it was just a minor nitpick really. Um, But then uh, when the, the, father mouse first sees the perfect tree um he has this complete look of awe and it's so adorable it's not quite bean bunny but it's it's very very cute muppet
1: (laughs) all i could think of was the griswold family christmas tree (laughs) that's fair so maybe it's just me, but because I never really paid attention to how we trim the tree growing up, I feel like you would trim from the bottom rather than the top.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would think so as well because of like the, how pointy it is. But it, I suppose it really depends on if you have enough of a nice point. On the other areas, that like if you could, like maybe um, uh, trim it and then like kind of uh, go from one side and have the top uh, bit be pointy, um, but uh, I don't know, it, it really depends. Um, uh, or of course, you could also do like cutting off from the sides to make kind of a point uh, for your star and or angel or whatever you're putting on top. Um, It doesn't really bother me, but yeah, I, I did uh, initially think that was a bit odd. Um, I know again with the, the Isle of Lucy, a lot of this special reminds me of the Isle of Lucy Christmas special because uh, have you ever seen that?
1: Yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw, I even saw it I think before like the um, colorized version that, they aired a few years back.
2: Oh yeah. I I I've had um I've had it be part of my life uh, for ages. Like I think that would have been um my first exposure to I love Lucy back when I was a kid because my father had uh had it uh on on a videotape and would watch it every year. Um but in that special Fred Mertz is trimming up the tree um and then He'll do one side, and then he's like, oh, well, no, now the other side looks unbalanced. And then he ends up just ruining the tree, just completely, like, shaving off the majority of branches until they need to go out and buy a whole nother tree. Um, and that is, thats that doesn't happen here, because, like, everybody gets the amount a little more than the amount they need (laughs) which in in a way is the way to do it (laughs) but uh just having a special that is so much about cutting down the tree reminds me very much of the i love lucy christmas special yeah
1: and i don't know maybe that's just me but i feel like stalker channing got rid of almost the entire tree
2: she got rid of a, a decent amount, probably about half of her section uh, r- rather than everybody else who had a a more appropriate um, cutting of it.
1: Yeah, because I had to rewind a couple times just to make sure because I thought did, did she just throw the entire out in the trash?
2: No, no, no. She, she had enough for her little room and she also gave uh, like three branches to uh, Leslie Nielsen to kind of wear on his lapel as like a friendly, loving gift. I don't think he really wears it. Um, I, he just kind of holds it close by, like he's about to wear it.
1: Yeah, he holds it, and, it. He holds it and stands out in the snow, and you know, just listens to her sing out the window. Mm. As you do. As you do.
2: Now, it's interesting that there are people at the party. There are like extras there, including like a little girl who's uh, dancing on um, Robert Downey Jr.'s feet, but like there's very few shots of them at all either. It, it almost looks like they were about to shoot them the same way that they were going to do with the lumberjacks and then we're like, ah, oh, you know what? With a party, we should really at least have bodies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, I enjoy the special. There's not much to say. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been talking in general for a while, but there isn't there isn't much to say. It's very cute. It's very slight. Uh, you'll be done it in you know, thirty minutes if you watch it with the commercials probably twenty, twenty-five, if not um and the song is catchy there's really only one song that is sung a myriad of different ways but it's a it's a lovely little ditty
1: yeah the song was um written by michael and patty silvershare who did a lot of songs for disney and jim henson um in particular, um, they did the Gummy Bears theme song. Oh my gosh! They did the Tailspin theme song. Okay. Um, they did they did the two songs from Return of Jafar that nobody cares about because they aren't the villain song. Oh, I thought you.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I thought you were uh, going to say uh, it wasn't "Forget About Love" because that one's actually. Quite often on like compilations. Oh, it yes, is that...
1: forget about love.
2: Oh, oh, they they did they did write that one or didn't write that one?
1: They did write that one.
2: Okay, but yeah, you said that they uh, that people wouldn't care about the ones that they did because it wasn't the villain song. Um, I like forget about love, and yeah, it. The only reason that one actually sticks around though is because it's considered a princess song, so it gets uh- on. Those sorts of albums. <laughs>
1: um, they actually won a Grammy for um, The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. Really? And they got nominated both for um, the Perfect Christmas Tree, an Emmy nomination for both The Perfect Christmas Tree and This, and a song from Booty You, Winnie the Pooh, I Want to Scare Myself.
2: Oh, I Want to Scare Myself and Everyone Else. <laughs> I yeah. do like that song, yeah. Um, what was... Sorry. What was the Elmo song?
1: Um, It's Together Forever.
2: Oh, I, I don't remember that at Adventures, all.
1: I, and I haven't seen that one. But...
2: And that one has Inigo Montoya as the bad guy. Ah. But... It, it's, it's all... The movie is about... Elmo loses his blanket in uh, Oscar's magic trash can and has to go to a whole other world to get it back from mandy Patinkin. Yeah. it's a very strange little movie
1: <laughs> but yeah i know i saw who who did the music and i thought that was i thought that was pretty neat um yeah the writer of it um was the creator of clarissa explains it all and bear in the big blue house
2: oh that that's interesting yeah. um the, <laughs> eh, I mean it's only tangential, but uh, did you notice that uh, on Twitter, Melissa Joan Hart is playing grandmothers now?
1: Yes, I saw, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> yeah, that's weird.
1: Like I am just, huh? I I feel old.
2: Well, she's not an old woman.
1: She's not. But the fact that she's old enough to play the grandmother in a in a lifetime S Christmas movie, you know, that's like, oh, she's probably only like she's probably only about 10 years older than me. Mm. That means that among other things, Sabrina's old enough to be a grandma. Clarissa's old enough to be a grandma. The weird, creepy woman who kidnapped a got a kidnapped kidnapped Mario Lopez is old enough to be a grandma.
2: <laughs> oh, maybe one year we should do that. I, I am sorry that we we have not gotten a a longer special this year, or perhaps even more specials for the holiday season. But it's just been it's just been a hectic time. Uh, so. Uh, I hope that everyone has enjoyed this. I have certainly had a wonderful time uh, All right. speaking with you, Will, and with actually the, this lovely little special that we have been discussing.
1: Yeah, no, it was very much, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the special. Like like I said, I feel like I saw it when I was a kid, but I don't remember. It. I don't, if I knew what it had been paired with. I probably would have a better idea, but I don't. The only thing I know is from like the recording I watched, I know what aired after it, which was yeah. "Um, the face on the milk carton.
2: Oh, that was the title of it.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's basically, um, it's a TV movie about, um, a, about the girl that got, gets, got kidnapped when she was a little kid and raised by a different family. And, only finds out because she found it on a mail carton and it stars the um, daughter from Life Goes On.
2: I see. Uh, well, I saw part of that ad for like the next, but I didn't know what it was called because it cut off. that.
1: Yeah. Uh. Then I remember because and it wasn't even the original airing. The original airing was back in like May of the of 1995, not in the winter of 1995.
2: What an odd choice to do that as a, like, a (laughs) Christmas time re-airing. Yeah.
1: I think you would have just decided, hey, you know what? We We have, like, a Chevy Chase Christmas movie. Why don't we throw that on?
2: i mean put rudolph on again yeah
1: though <laughs> like... i think abc had the airing rights for um christmas vacation because i remember it was the tail end of that was on a tape of the olsen twins christmas movie that mm. my sister and i used to watch all the time when we were kids i
2: see i know that it, uh, that stuff's been bouncing around all over the place um over the years, uh, I I don't know what was before Mister Willoughby's Christmas Tree. Uh, I do recall in an ad that I can't find at the moment, but there there was an ad promoting the special being like coming on this date at this time. Come watch this. But it it's the the guy who does like. Uh, the like, um, and now our feature presentation on like early '90s Disney videos, and um, he, he he did voice acting in uh, a bunch of different cartoons, including like um, Tailspin and um, uh, you know, lots of different things. But he does the commercial as Kermit. And it's the worst hermit you've ever heard it's it's very it's like gee come on come and watch on CBS on Thursday it's it's starring me in a brand new special with Robert Downey jr and Stalker Channing that,
1: that, that, that's a sound you just made
2: yeah it's it's pretty rough, and it's like, it's not like that fellow doesn't have range. You can find, like, his demo reels online, but it, it's just, it's rough. It sounds like if Mr. Bill were doing a Kermit impression. Uh,
1: yeah, no, 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 that just <laughs> sounds, yeah, that sounds kind of... Huh.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I, I do not know why, like, I'm sure he he must have been the CBS announcer as well at the time, but, like, why they would have asked him to do it as Kermit, and that just shows, like, a, a new special starring Kermit the Frog. <laughs> not that Kermit's in it very much, but he he's there, he's present
1: sorry I'm i found a scan of a of a, a whatchamacallit uh a tv ad, mm-hmm. and i'm trying to find it and i found where they announced mr willoughby um is is going to be airing on on december 6th but it doesn't say who it's airing with uh Oh, uh, I, okay, this is a great quote, though, from, like, it, it, and it's supposedly Kermit saying it. Miss Piggy visited the set and demanded the biggest dressing room on the lot, the Muppet celeb recalls ruefully. I have to explain that she wasn't in the show. You might say Piggy and I had a clash after that. It's healing nicely. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I love like that. Um...
1: The, the, the bears was... were actually very well behaved most of the time. Kermit adds they play Twister with Stalker Channing.
2: <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, though, um, the the special was nominated for an Emmy for the uh, for the song. Did not win, uh, but they did get a casting award uh, for best casting in a TV special. Um not a nanny, but um a special casting award. So it's neat. I didn't even know they had awards for casting.
1: That is yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the episode that aired the day before. Sorry, I was I, I was like, wait, was it maybe a Christmas the Hanukkah episode of the Nanny? But no it's not. Well
2: uh,
1: I will figure this out, and you know, well, I'll I'll tell everyone later. But right now, I'm like, okay, I really should researched this beforehand.
2: <laughs> well, now you've got me curious as well.
1: <laughs> it just, I just wanted to see the TV listings. I don't need to see. Okay. Uh... No, Charlie I need
2: Brown to see Brown the Christmas page before this. What it was a
1: Charlie Brown Christmas at eight. Oh. Hey, you know that makes sense though, because this would have what this would have been what the year that this probably would have been the year after they stopped airing um, Garfield Christmas then, hmm. because it used to be you'd always have Charlie Brown then Garfield Christmas.
2: That is fair. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would have been watching uh, at the time because. Um, I certainly was not watching the Billboard Music Awards. Um, I think I would have been too young for the Drew Carey show. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not sure what the parenthood was, and I would not have been watching Sequest DSV.
1: Yeah, I, maybe we could have been watching Drew Carey. I'm not sure. I can't remember if we started watching Drew Carey in the first season or the second season.
2: Well, this this episode was um, the tenth episode of the series called "Science Names Suck," which was um, a a a, um, a joke about how many episodes in the first season of the Drew Carey show tried to make. Um, like the titles be science, not even jokes, just science references, and that did not stick around has nothing to do with the the episode itself, though
1: <laughs> you know it honestly is amazing that you know you, yeah, you can still find like. What air on like a TV network like so many years later, and that's just I, I that that's just fascinating on so many accounts.
2: I wish it were easier with cable networks and uh, Canadian channels, to be honest, as well. But it's certainly very very easy to uh, find like the big four and or five uh, of US channels just like right away.
1: Yeah, no, we probably would have watched this then if I had to make a guess, especially if it aired after Charlie Brown. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like
2: it, it, I suppose it makes sense for Charlie Brown to be the lead-in because it was the star um, kind of attraction, really. Like, everyone's going to tune in uh, to Charlie Brown. Um, I, I feel, though, like, this show feels like it should have been more of the lead-in than the other one. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it kind of makes sense, yeah.
2: Just, uh, if, just, like, the kind of feelings that it gives me, I feel like this is more of a, a prelude than a, um, I don't want to say a main feature, because that makes it, uh, uh, that, uh that kind of, um, that... That slightly diminishes what this special is as well, but it's just, they're they're very different sorts of feelings. They're both lovely little holiday specials, but, you know, I don't know. I I just feel like the one should have played for the other one, but I understand why it didn't.
1: Well, I think we probably got hit about, like, (laughs) I think we've hit about the limit of what we can get from this special. (laughs)
2: I mean, unless we have some sort of in with like Steve Whitmer or Sucker Channing, the ghost of Leslie Nielsen. I
1: could I could barely I can really find any trivia about this. So yeah,
2: there, there's there's not there's not much to be had, which is interesting because you'd, you'd think that um, being a Muppet special with someone who is as famous as Robert Downey Jr. Continues to be. Sure, he had his downward spiral at that one point, but even still, um, you'd you'd think that it would be brought up more. Like, as I say, I don't know how many times this did air in the States or, um, and also in Canada, but uh, I, I can't imagine it was that many times.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, considering the way that Twitter finds, you know, anything, like, weird that somebody's done before and makes a meme out of it, you think, yeah, we would have had a meme of, you know, of Robert Downey Jr. just saying random things. Like, they're being incredibly verbose.
2: Well, and I, I feel like that might have been the reason why I had seen the opening number was like around the time, like maybe Iron Man two came out or something like that. So, you know, during like the second comeback kind of thing, um, where that's when I first saw like an actual clip, as opposed to just seeing the photograph of them from the, um, like from the press releases Uh, of, like, them all kind of, like, either, well, of he and Kermit the Frog sitting together with, uh, Stockard and, uh, Leslie Nielsen beside them. Um, just the, the fact that people being like, oh my gosh, look, it's Robert Downey Jr. singing in something that is not the singing detective. (laughs) Um, but other than that, really, like, I, I don't think anybody's really been like, wow, look at how boisterous he is of thinking about the perfect tree, the perfect tree. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, I will say from all I will say, have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, whatever, you know, what's your boat on this, you know, great season.
2: Are, are we not going to try to rate it?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. But yeah, I'd give this thing... It's it's a high three for me.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's right. It's it's a lovely little thing. It It's not, like, the most amazing thing ever, but it's a very pleasant half hour. Yeah.
1: You will... You will probably, you know, get, you'll get some good entertainment out of it. It may not be, you know, the best thing you've seen, but hey, it's it's got some class.
2: Absolutely. And cute little Muppet mice. Yeah.
1: We don't get enough cute Muppet mice, usually just, you know, annoying Muppet rats.
2: (laughs) You don't like Rizzo?
1: No, not especially, no. You
2: are in the minority, my friend. I
1: mean, at least it's better than annoying Muppet prawns.
2: Oh! I mean, that's more a more popular statement. But honestly, I there are very few Muppets I dislike, if any. I I love myself a Muppet. during Mister Willoughby's party. to dance like this. Uh, madam, have you ever been to Buenos Aires? Humongous the gifts I love to give Stupendous the gifts I live to give Gifts for one, for all For great and small
1: Mr. Willoughby, you are a jolly fellow. Oh, thank you, thank you, Baxter. But so, apparently, are you. Mind if I cut in? Certainly sir. Oh, Mr. Willoughby'
0: it'd be my pleasure.
1: Oh Mar <laughs> uh, oh.
2: <laughs> Yes it is the perfect
0: tr- Our email address is theshow at earth2.net. That's the show at earth the number two.net. Our voicemail line is 513 Earth20. That's 513 327 8420. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at Earth underscore two. That's Earth underscore the number two. Please visit the website, www.earth2.net. That's www.earth-the-number2.net. While you're there, on the left-hand side of the page, you'll see a link that says Forums. Click it and join the forums, please. If you enjoy what we're doing and would like to support Earth2.net and Earth2.net this show, there are several things you can do. First, make sure to tell your friends about Earth2.net and all of our podcasts. Second, go to iTunes to leave us positive feedback. Third, you can become a patron of the show by visiting patreon.com slash earth underscore two. That's patreon.com slash earth underscore the number two. And lastly, donations in any denomination can be made by heading over to paypal.me slash earth two. That's paypal.me slash Slash earth, the number two. There are no spaces, dashes, or underscores. Just earth and the number two. Until next time, good night.